You're listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 324, brought to you by C2E2, fearless readers online, and iFanboy members like you. Set out to conquer. Pick of the Week podcast, episode 324. I am Josh Flanagan, one of your hosts. I'm here with my my co-host, Connor Kilpatrick. Hello. Oh, man, you sound good. And Ron Richards. Hello. Man, you know, Charles Nelson Riley really missed out on the podcast train. Did he? He did. Yes. We? <laughs> or so did Jim J. Bullock. Yes. Man, which, think about which, the podcast that would have happened in the 70s. Rip Taylor, Charles Nelson Riley, and Jim J. Bullock doing a podcast about, about comedy. been fantastic. Yeah, it'd be great. Anyway, why are we here, Josh? iFanboy.com is our website, <laughs> which we do because we like comics. And every week, I'm throwing confetti everywhere. <laughs> uh, every week, we read a bunch of comic books. Uh, Everyone under the age of 35 is like, what the fuck? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to point out that you are both under the age of 35. I know. That's, I, I'm well, like, yeah, I only got a couple more months. Go look, I am not. go look on the Wikipedia for the Charles Nelson Riley. Trust me. No, no, oh, that's Rip Taylor. Cats. And Rip Taylor, yes, and Rip yeah. Taylor. I prefer Charles uh, Nelson Riley, though. But. Well, yeah, mustache. Uh, every week we read a bunch of comics, and one of us has to pick. He had an ascot, though. Yeah, he had an ascot. Yeah. Rip Taylor did. Rip Taylor, Taylor, Rip Taylor, Taylor has that. And the confetti and, and this Riley. is why I'm making, the mustache alone is giving me. That's why I'm got it. I giving got that preference. Okay. Right. Comics best ones pick of the week. Write about it Wednesday night, and then we come here. We talk about it on this show as long as well as the other uh, books from the week that we that we want to talk about and and some other stuff that comes up. Letters, uh, tangents. We're good with tangents. Uh, We're great with tangents. Yeah, we should. I mean, honestly, like, like, we let's should, just do Voltron. Let's just change. Let's change the name of the site to iTangent. <laughs> it's a better. It's a better name. I think that's clear. Certainly less. Uh, it's. It certainly has less preconceived notions about it. Before we get to the show, a quick, quick reminder, uh, a warning for some of you. Take it very seriously. We're going to be talking about what happens in the books from this week's comics. So, uh, if you don't want to be spoiled, if that's if that's not going to work for you, then come back later after you've read it or uh, or forge ahead bravely. Uh, Ron, you had to pick this week. Finally, the black guy shows up. Finally. So a year later, uh, last year at WonderCon, Robert Kirkman and Image Comics teased uh, the Black Invincible coming in 2012. And sure enough, here with issue 89, um, that same teaser image is, is on the cover. And uh, I, and I got to give Kirkman and Ryan Otley credit. With this issue, not only is it a is it a fantastic jumping on point for for anybody who isn't reading Invincible, which if you're not reading Invincible by now, why aren't you? Um, but not only is it a great jumping on point, it really did a great job to really make to to present the idea of someone else taking the mantle in a uh, logical, seamless way that was totally true to what's been going on in the story, and in a way that makes longtime readers really appreciate it. And doing both those things at the same time—that's an accomplishment. Um, oh yeah, so, like yeah. walking and chewing gum. It's, yeah, no, it's not a small thing. Exactly. What must have been nice about this was that when when uh, Otley was doing the book, he was like, "Oh, now I got to do the cover." Oh wait, I did it a year ago. <laughs> Sweet. Sweet. <laughs> when he just went bowling. 
But um, but so uh, and that's and that's just the tip of the iceberg and why this is so good. And and I felt as I was writing the review on iFanboy.com, I was kind of thinking like, oh, here's the yearly invincible pick of the week. Not I was gonna say about yeah. once a year, <laughs> and it's usually you. Yeah, you're just like. I, I really, you know, I really like this. Well, and that's the thing. I wrote about it in my review a little bit. We and we talked about it a lot in the podcast. It's it's there are there's a number of books that are just consistently good, and we run out of things to talk about because it's the conversation is, hey, did you read Invincible? Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, yeah, Punch. and that's not that's not good. That's not good television, and the viewers don't like that. And I know they're not viewers, but the thing is, is that um, it doesn't really. I think we can't keep doing their joke. <laughs> We, if we're going to do a thing, then we can put a spin on it. But at this point, we're just parroting. Uh, I'm fine with that. <laughs> I, I'm not. I have a higher standard. But anyway, um, and so so it gets it gets hard to talk about these these long-going books on a month-in-month-out basis because the quality level is so high, and it's so consistent, and it almost works against it because then we're not talking about it. And then those of you who are listening don't know about it, and you might not go try it, and it becomes this whole vortex, and the book gets canceled, and then everybody's sad. So we want to – and then, and then you get blamed by Christos Gage. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that, so, was, that was unfair. That, that really was unfair. I mean, what he said. Uh, yeah, no. So, um, but so, so focusing in on this issue, um, basically it picks up after the events that happened in uh, the most recent issues where the big fight in space and the, uh, the threat of the Vultramite virus being dropped on the Earth to kill off the Vultramites. And uh, last issue, Invincible took a whole, took the whole virus to his face. And so basically now Mark uh, Invincible is laid up and he's got uh, Vultramite technicians looking at him and they're uh, trying to trying to make sure that he can survive this virus. And all the while, uh, Eve is kind of freaking out because now the, you know her boyfriend's sick. And also at the same time, this whole Invincible Incorporated thing that they that they launched is, you know, people are screaming and all they want is Invincible. And so it's the Spider-Man. They've got bills to pay. Yeah, exactly. And so um, you get you, you get somebody stepping up to the plate. And Miles I Morales. <laughs> yeah, yes, Miles Morales, an older Miles Morales. No, but I don't want to ruin it for uh, people who, because I know a lot of people do read this in trade, and so I don't want to, I don't want to potentially spoil as to who it is. But it was one of those things where it's like, okay, yeah, that makes sense, and it was done. And Kirkman presented it in a way where it gave us a little bit of a. Um, uh, of a flashback to what had uh, something happened earlier to, that kind of laid the groundwork. And then by the end of the issue, when Otley recreates that classic double page spread of Invincible taking off in the sky, um, it just, to me, it's just like, okay, this is not a gimmick. This totally makes sense. This, this I'm, I'm on board. And at the same time, earlier in the issue, um, what you've got is you've got uh, plot developments that really got me going, oh, wow, I'm curious as to see where this is going to go next. And that's really, at the end of the day, like, it's a fun superhero comic book. It's, you know, can be heavy with the drama and heavy with the tension. It Then, at the same time, it has a character named Dinosaurus, who is a genius man turned into a dinosaur, my, and that makes me laugh every time. My absolute favorite panel out of the whole thing was him working with test tubes. Yes, I mean like, and he with his little with his little like dinosaur claws and like an eyedropper. Yeah, <laughs> just like like so, um, Kirkman and Otley are able to mix in this, you know, like the, the lighthearted humor with the with the brutal violence, and we do have a, a head exploding scene um, yeah. with the with yeah. the patented Otley blood splat and and face punching. Um, and it just, as I'm reading this issue, I'm like, man, you know, like not only, like I said in the review, I feel bad for anybody who does who likes superhero comics and doesn't read Invincible because it truly has everything that you're looking for. And I remember back when we started doing the podcast back in the days of 2005, you guys were on the Invincible train and I wasn't. 
Yeah. And remember, it, yeah. Took, it took like it took a long time before I picked up the trades and saw what you guys were talking about. And now, eighty nine issues later, six years later, it's the, it hasn't changed. It hasn't missed a beat. It's ridiculous. It's oh. eighty nine issues. I know. Um, but also, if you think back, the long time listeners will know if any of them are left that we we talked about this book ad nauseum to the point where it became a running joke. One of our first running jokes about how often we would talk about Invincible, yeah. and to the well, point like, where we stopped talking about it because people, you know, were getting sick of it. I just hit the microphone. I'm sorry. <laughs> so you got I was angry. so passionate about <laughs> Invincible that I knocked something over. <laughs> That's how it goes. It's yeah. a good book. Yeah, but but yeah, it's it just it's it's. He just gave up. It's it's a good book. I don't. What do you want from me? <laughs> I wrote a thousand words. <laughs> I cannot be then expected to go talk about it for ten minutes. <laughs> but so yeah, it's a good book. And um and again, like we can't praise Ryan Otley enough. I mean, like this dude is. Like I mean, he's great. I mean, the, and especially, especially like that. Like I said, that two, there's a two-page spread in here. There's a full page of Dinosaurus and um, Alan the Alien fighting. Like they're just, they're just f- f- so like amazing pieces of art to look at. And like I find myself reading the book and just lingering on each page. You know, kind of uh, taking in every detail and every little subtle touch. I think it's it's really funny that I I feel like Kirkman is completely aware that um he's just going to put some fights in for no reason. Yep. <laughs> the Allen and Dinosaurus fight was like, I don't know why we're doing this. Anyway, well, no, it was, was just like, let's let them fight was, for page. What was great is that they didn't even show the fight. They just showed like yeah. the, the destruction and then them both holding and then they're like, wait a minute, why are we doing this? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a slight uh, uh, flipping around of the of the convention. Yeah. Um, which is what they do with this. I mean, it's it's basically this is, you know, a, a, a modern day version of those. The Spider-Man story mixed with the Superman story. It's just young kid superhero you know all the drama that goes up around him and, and it, it's it's every level of of comic book drama superhero comic book drama there's like the sort of low level like oh somebody has to fill up somebody has to fulfill this contract right. on the one hand and then the other hand there's the massive galactic threat level happening at the same time the awkwardness in the room where the viltrumites are with all the superheroes and then the fact like he could kill them all if he wanted to right away it's like all of those things mixed in all the time and he spent such a long time laying the groundwork for that yeah. um that uh it, that it doesn't it doesn't get old for some reason he's got he's got this ability and when i say he i mean i mean kirkman and obviously Otley along with him they have this ability to just keep juggling these balls in the same way that they do with with the walking dead i mean it's it's every bit as is is sort of compelling in an ongoing way yeah. you know what's interesting uh, is i think maybe and i'm i'm reading this in trade so i'm Probably a few months behind, but I don't think it's probably changed that much. I think maybe right now I'm enjoying Invincible more than Walking Dead. Really? Yeah, I think I think I think there's a lot more elements at play than in Invincible. I could yeah. see that. So well, that you've got a lot more interesting things happening, and uh, you know, you've got multiple. All these, I mean, that's not the, that's not a slag on the Walking Dead. I enjoy the Walking Dead. I'm just saying there's a lot of different there's a lot of different things that can go on in an issue of Invincible as opposed to Walking Dead. Yeah. I, well, listen, I mean, let's let's just get it out. I know, we know you don't like the Walking Dead. We've been talking about this for a while. Mostly, this is about color. You won't you hate it's comics true. that don't have color. <laughs> Um, uh, I thought you were going in some other really dangerous direction. Yeah, I know. Oh, no. I really, yeah. Whoa, uh, whoa, whoa. Um, no, but but, but it was interesting sir. because I talked I talked to Kirkman, Kirkman last weekend at the Image Expo, and if you didn't watch the video, go check out the uh, video interview. And we talked a lot about how he how he really is planning out these comics for years to come. And it was funny because somebody actually, uh, um, a a uh, audience member and I fanboy, I fanbase member, Scott in Texas, actually wrote into me um, 
uh, today saying that, hey, this issue picks up on something that happened in Invincible number 54 when uh, Invincible meets Immortal from the future. And Immortal refers to him being sick and being on the moon and things like that, which is just like – so that's 45 issues ago. It's cool. Yeah, totally cool. So, um, yeah, I mean, and that, that's the kind of superhero comic book stuff that is fun. Like, that's, that's honestly, that's why. And the last review I wrote of Invisible was I compared it to the old Claremont comics, uh, you know, Claremont X Men. And that's, and that's the same thing. Like, Claremont would introduce things and then pick up on it two years later. And then you'd be like, oh my God, and it would blow your mind. And like, that's, what, that's what's fun about the superhero comics. So. And you can do well, it, but you can do that much easier when it's just the one guy writing the one book yeah, type. That's yeah. not the story about it's, any other it's, books. Exactly. It's, it's not being uh, sucked into sales and marketing driven imbroglios. Yeah. But it's also uh, the same guy writing the book for. Yeah, yep. control, yeah, driving the ship, and yeah, yeah. so, uh, but yeah, so Invincible eighty nine, it's a great jumping on point. If you haven't never read Invincible before, check it out. Um, on the review, I put uh, the the uh, graphically in bed so you can read it just on your computer if you want to, just to sample it. But honestly, like, it's if you like superhero comics, you really it's 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 like you know Spider Man, Justice League, you know Invincible, it's up there. You know, like it's just like there's no reason not to be reading it. So yeah, and it's it's been around long enough; they should have proved its worth. Yeah, eighty nine issues. Yeah, yeah, that's no small thing. So, but um, but wow, was the margin between pick of the week between Invincible and Orkstein number seven close? I was I was kind of shocked. Yeah, I thought I thought this is but before I even started reading, I thought no way Orkstein doesn't get the doesn't get the call this this week. Yeah, Grunk. no way. Grunk. Well, Grunk. Well, the oh. thing is, is that not not to not to detract from the greatness of Orkstein or the greatness of James Stoko, um, I did have the thought that after after a long hiatus, we, it comes back with issue seven, and I, I did the, the jumping onness of Invincible. Really, that's what drew me to it. Mm-hmm. Whereas I'm, if somebody just randomly picked up Orkstein, I'm not quite sure they would know what they're getting into. <laughs> I I don't I don't know what I was reading. I didn't care. I was Did you like, read right, the first right. six issues? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I read your trade, and right. I, and I, and I enjoyed awesome. it. But it had been a while, and I can't imagine if I'd read the issues. Yeah. Um. But I was like, all right. It's I mean, it's not it's not that much to follow. Right. I mean, really, there's 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 a dude with one eye. There's a lady with the furry thing on her back. They fight. They fight orcs. <laughs> it doesn't matter because every page was a marvel. Yep. Sto- Stoko is is amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I get why this takes a long time. Yeah, I'm cool with that. And so if if he's got you know if he's got to do six issues, and then you know and they all come out relatively close, and then you wait a long time, and then you get another batch of them, hmm. I'm cool with that. That totally yeah. works. In, in the same way, like I really liked it. I it was it was uh, wonderful to look at, and it's he's got a a tone and a voice that 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 uh, isn't in other comics. Although it does feel to me, it feels like it's some comic that we've that that, that was lost in the seventies and is just resurfaced yes. now. Yeah, I had that feel. I had that exact same feeling that it feels very counterculture seventy kind of seventies kind of um, approach to it. You know, Josh, but that, do you read Prophet? Uh, I read the first one. I thought it was fun. They feel very similar. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I I go with that too. I think that's definitely true. Yeah. Uh, in this that is way, a good thing. I, I think well, it's Stoko and and the and Brandon Graham. Like, if you've seen some of their earlier creator own work, it's very similar. Yes. Yeah. Even yep. even graphically, even visually, even though uh, yeah. Graham's not drawing uh, Prophet, uh, yeah. but there's definitely there's definitely a relationship. I think they know each other. Yeah. I, I don't do. know. I don't. I don't. Yeah. So, um, but it, it's funny because like. I can I can be like I liked it a lot, but I really liked it more on a visceral level than anything I could explain. I would have had a hard time writing that review. Yeah, yeah, and and, and that's and that's really what it kind of boils down to is that Orkstein feels to me like it, it's almost like an experience. 
like a Guar concert. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I'm not a Guar fan, so that's not. <laughs> but if I was, like, I'd be like, I don't, I don't know. I like having crap dumped on me. <laughs> okay. you know, that's how I would feel about this. Guar shows are a lot of fun, sense. but um, <laughs> once it's not like you're like, oh, let's do it every weekend. Yeah, but so Connor, you really loved the first trade. Did this? Did was this revisiting? Uh... Well, I, I didn't. I'm reading in trade, so I'll get oh, it. Oh, okay. Three so, years oh, from oh, soon. Oh, yeah. then you're gonna. Yeah, then you're gonna be happy. You're yeah. gonna be really Next happy. Year. Yeah, I think the, the, I do think the art has. I don't know if it's stepped up a bit, but no. But his art is is ridiculously insane. Even if you don't want to read the book, and yeah. if you see it on the shelf in your store, go just open it and look. Go it's, look at it. Yeah. The amount of detail is mind blowing. It's it's Jeff Darrow esque. It's it's stuff you don't see in you know in, in an age of no backgrounds. Yeah, you know it's if, if you're listening to this and you remember uh, on a weekly sketch up, oh probably a long time ago, probably almost a year ago, I featured a, uh, a Galactus that was drawn by Stoko. Oh god, that and Galactus remember, is amazing. Right, and everybody and and right now I'm saying that a bunch of people go, oh right, that this is that guy's book. Yeah. So that should be a reason to check it. Just to check it out. Just if you don't go to the store and buy it, maybe download it or go and get the older issues that are available uh, illegal, not illegally, legally. I meant to say. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> uh, we've changed it. We've changed our complete. Uh, we're we're gonna now um just torrent the shit out of it. <laughs> just a total reversal. <laughs> Listen, I can't I can't fight the rising tides anymore. I'm gonna go out and loot later. And no, but uh, download it uh, through legal means so that he gets rewarded for his work. Yep. But but it's available in a bunch of places. It it just deserves to be checked out. Uh, it is penis centric, so just know that. Right. Gronk. 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 Gronch. Gronch. That's what Gronch. I. Gronch. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. That was, yeah. It's more fun to say with. Ch. Yeah. Gronch. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's 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 a marvel. I mean, it is it is batshit crazy, and it's and it's weird, but it's awesome and like engaging and like pulls you in, and it's like totally like a, a trippy trip to somewhere, like an, another land. Oh, it's Someone amazing. listening yeah. right now has no idea what the fuck this book is about. I know exactly. It's about orcs. It's about orc and their yeah. society and the, and and their different tribes and and power plays within the orc within the orc ruling class it's it, it, but it doesn't it's not that boring it's yeah. it's it's, no. it's a lot of yeah. fighting and and it's sort of uh they if don't you have like names. no it's it's and we did a, I did a book of the month on the first trade if you want to go back and read for a, a more sort of cogent analysis of what it is but it's really an experiential sort of lord of the rings esque but no humans story mm-hmm. and it's awesome so 16 Ron, why was Power Pack in FF number sixteen? Well, because they they had they had a they had the car they, they had the van. I guess that's, that's why. That's pretty much it. That's for, they just needed a ride. That's about it. <laughs> well, Power Pack. There's always been a there's been a um, back in the eighties. There was a connection between Power Pack and Franklin and Artie and Leach and all them like those kids. Um, so it's not you know, not totally out of the ordinary for Power he Pack. He was to a be member, involved. wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, but um, but uh, hey, Nick Dragota, he could stay on this book. Bobio was his time is over. I enjoyed him, but he was very controversial. They even addressed it in the, in the letters column on this issue, and so yeah. they brought on Nick Dragota, yep. who we loved in that one. I really like Bobio. I like Bobio a lot, yeah. but Dragota's great. Um, so it looked wonderful. Yeah. Um, but, it looks- but it was also, I mean, I think the the way that Hickman handles this book is a nice book uh, compliment to the other book, to the Fantastic Four book, but you don't need it. Yeah. 
Um, and this issue, it ends in the same spot that the other book did, but... Which I like. Whenever that happens, I like. I like when it's the same dialogue. I like all that sort of stuff. And, and really, I mean, it's it's the two books are being true to what they said it would be, and that these are following the kids. This book follows the kids, and the other book is following, you know, the, the adults. And so, we you know, while we read last week what's going on in Fantastic Four, we're, we're seeing now this week what the kids were doing and how they all converged to the point of what happened in the events of last Fantastic Four. So, um... Yeah, I mean, I like it. Uh, you know, like th- there's always a little something with the that that makes me smile with the whenever these kids are on the page. This book's a little funnier than the other book. Yeah, because the kids are funny. Yeah. Um, but I just can't look at. I mean, it's awful, but I can't see Power Pack without thinking of that sexual abuse ad Marvel ran in every comic for ten years. Yeah, well, that, that's your that's your own. That's, that's it's my hang up. Yeah, that's your that's your cross the bear. I flash back to that yellow page and yeah. when when they show. Oh yeah. But, I remember uh, that. Yep. See, you can't forget it because it was in every book for ten. years. I just years. see rainbows. <laughs> just constant rainbows. That's power pack rainbows. It's I don't know. Yeah. Well, anyway, so, but yeah, it was alright. So, but I was glad to see Nick Gerota. I hope he sticks around for a while. He's apparently the new regular artist of this book for, I guess, the rest of Hickman's tenure. I don't know. That's Who a good knows? choice. You can't even go that far ahead anymore in comics. But <laughs> Josh, was your pick of the week Orkstein or was it Scalped Fifty Six? It was Scalped Fifty Six. It was going to be Orkstein, and then I, I I saved Scalp for last, as is my want. Uh, and then, and and then I was very happy. After they during. jumped ahead, How love many? it. Eight months, nine eight months, months, eight months. Uh, basically, at the end of the last issue, uh, the guy said the bad thing horse. To the other, yeah. Bad, well, I was trying not to. Wait, look, we said we gave a spoiler warning. It's true, but this is a this is a, a, a trade book for a lot of people. So it is. Uh, but, all right, fine. But that, that was the big reveal happened, and we jumped eight months ahead, which. On the one hand, I was looking forward to the next page, but then on the other hand, it was kind of a brilliant way to get past um, a, yeah. a lot of that stuff and jump to the future, see Bad Horse with hair, which was weird. I, I like that uh, – I don't remember the agent's name. It took me a second to realize who I was looking at. It, it was just one page. He's on a, he's on a drunken holiday still, the, the uh, FBI agent who was in charge of Bad Horse. With, he's got yeah, – yeah, he's got whores everywhere and he's just living in the hotel room. There's like, no reason for that page to be hotel there. room. I think is that is that where he is? See, they weren't clear about that. Maybe those doesn't matter. He's very happy. Is my point. Um, and and you see that that uh, a lot has happened uh, to Bad Horse. For example, he has grown hair, um, and and he's he's got a new relationship that he's in, which is which is quite shocking. Um, and and uh, then there's a, a like he's he's. Starting to accept all the things that he's been in complete denial about the entire time, which, you know, like he hates his mom, but now he's sort of he's not smiling or really acknowledging it with more than grunts. But he's you know, he he cares about her legacy and he's he's kind of sorry about what happened. He's, he's growing up a little bit. He's finally getting past all this stuff. And then uh, and then some dogs literally dig out the bones of the past. And Connor and I had a little bit of a we couldn't figure out uh, what ex- who exactly that was in the ground. <laughs> You know what? It could, I think you might be right now that I look at it again. Well, okay. It's either uh, Catcher or it's Diesel. It's Diesel. And it's the reason – yeah, maybe – I'm wondering if it's being from, vague From American purpose. Gladiators? Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. That makes more sense. Yeah. No. Oh. 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 Right. <laughs> um, because basically uh, Red Crow – you're right. Red Crow's in jail and, uh, and he, he – and, and basically he's got a bunch of dirt. On, on Dash, which none of us thought of the whole time. Oh, yeah, Dur- Dash has been going around killing people and screwing things up the whole time. And, and for some reason, he's he's got his honor. He won't give him up. He won't say what it is. But 
but looks like this stuff is literally going to come to the surface. Um, What's great it, about this is that it's the final arc. There's five more issues, or after, or after this four, four, and I don't know what's going to happen. You know, I have no idea. I would have thought the story would have ended with with the final confrontation with Red Crow and Dash, and it might still, but it's going to happen in a way that I wasn't expecting it. Mm-hmm. To jump forward in the future like that and have everyone's life be different from where you last saw them was kind of brilliant because now there's really no way to know what's going to happen. What I think is really impressive is that it's a it's a really well constructed issue on a on a, a from a structure standpoint just in the issue. Yeah. Uh, and then it's it it fits into the larger structure, which obviously we've been saying all along is really excellent. And uh, I'm I, I they've been they were tweeting today. Uh, Jock was like, just finished the last cover, and Jason Aaron was like, and that's the last part of Scalp that needs to come in. And I and I I was like, oh, that's so sad. I mean, it's good. I'm glad it has an ending. I'm down with endings, but all good things. Yeah, no, I, it's fine. But I had a moment of of oh, that's okay. So I don't know. I've been able to say for years now, this is my favorite book on the stands. This is the best book being published monthly. Uh, Not for long. Not yeah, for long. now I'm going to start flip-flopping around for, for – it's nothing like it. Yeah. Maybe you could read Star Trek from IDW. Ron, are you still reading Star Trek? No. Okay. Well, did you read the first issue or was it just me? It was just you. Okay. Star Trek is – happening he was resigned okay (laughs) in the new um new universe the new jj abrams world the cast is the movie movie character chris pine kirk chris chris pine kirk and it's actually a little really fun little book it's each arc is two issues long and it really feels like it's in the vein of the old tv show where they go on a mission something happens you know they fight an alien they fight some something else happens or like in this this particular issue with, with the second part of the Story where they run into Kirk's older brother on a planet where everyone's being mind controlled by this alien presence, which is kind of Borg esque. It's just it's just little fun vignette stories. Each each, each you know other, every other issue, and uh, they they really nail the voices and the and the and the characters. And the art is a little on the nose in terms of photo referencing because they're they're trying to do the the actors, but it's it really feels. Josh, remember those Star Trek Infestation books and how much fun those were? Yeah. It's kind of in that vein. I think it's the same writing team, um, and they really sort of get Star Trek and what it, you know. It really does feel like that old stalled show, although the way they draw these characters make them look really young. So when they're all running around, pilot, you know, in charge of the ship and everything, you really wonder why why they allow all these like kids to to take over the ship. But other than that, it seemed like it, it seemed like it in the movie, really. Other than Chris Pine, I mean, they were young. Yeah. Is yeah, the, but, has the Gorn made an appearance yet? Not yet. I hope so. Neither has the Green Girl. But no, well, we hold that hope. Yeah, what can oh. you do? She was Scarlet in the G.I. Joe movie. Yes. <laughs> yeah, well, I know fun. That. If you if you like the, if you like that movie, they're 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 cool. You don't have to really commit yourself to two issue arcs. They're not really, you know, it's not really one big story. It's just sort of different tales of them in the ship. Now I, I, I can't be sure about this, but I'm almost positive that somebody from Star Trek will be at C two E two. I don't know. I don't know if you can. They're shooting the movie right now. They wouldn't be at C two E two. Yeah, I don't think. No, he, but no, 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 no. Some Star Trek. Oh, some Star some Trek. Some Star Trek. Yeah, well, maybe. What are the chances that a major American comic convention is going to go without anyone from Star Trek? Well. It's a bet. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but if, if you want to take that bet or maybe check out something else that's going on, you can go to C2E2 in Chicago at McCormick Place on April 13th to the 15th. And there will be there will definitely be uh, Axel Alonso, Joe Quesada, Dan Slott, Jason Aaron, uh, and Scott Snyder, two people who we've said way too many nice things about. Rick Remender, a guy I've said not so nice things about. Um, <laughs> Um, Neil Adams, wow. the guy who said nice things about himself. <laughs> Tim, Sale, <laughs> Tim, 
Tim Sale, who doesn't talk to me. Amanda Connor, who may or may not actually exist, but we, we think she does very good work. Uh, Ryan Steckline, I don't want to talk about him. Sean Murphy, no comment. Uh, and also uh, Anthony Daniels uh, and Mr. McFeely. Neighborhood. This is how it's written. The dad from Teen Wolf, James Hampton. I'm telling you, it is a pop culture uh, playground. Tell me, it's not going to be anybody from Star Trek there. (laughs) All I can tell you is that. That dad guy was in a thing of Star Trek at some point, and you know it. All I can tell you is that you are not going to. You were going to have to pry me away from Mr. McFeely at C2E2. (laughs) Speedy delivery. Oh, shut up. (laughs) He's got to be like 80. Yeah, well, I think he was at the time. There is an expanded free shuttle service uh, available uh, to get around. It's a it's a big city. Uh, C2E2 Mobile, their app is coming soon, and it'll help you plan things, see what's going on, uh, find your way around the place. It's a big – the McCormick Place is a large compound. Uh, kids under 12 are free on Sunday, and uh, you can get $50. <laughs> their, their, their entry is free. They're not free. <laughs> you don't give it away free kids. <laughs> Some countries. Uh, <laughs> tickets are $50 for the entire weekend, uh, and, and you can get a VIP package that has lots of perks and extras. Get over to the C2E2 website. Is that C2E2.com? That right. is it. Yeah. <laughs> then you can find out all the specifics on that stuff, but it's, uh, it promises to be a hell of a show once again. Mr. McFeely's only 73 years old. Wow. He, was, he looked much older. So he was my age when <laughs> he was an old <laughs> like Literally, you're saying. Ugh. Man, oh, Mr. McFeely, what a weird name. Anyway, all right, so moving on. So the shade number five comes back and gets into the um, into the ongoing story that James Robinson has started with the with the series. And this time, uh, art duties is Javier Pulido. And uh, um, I got about halfway through, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna like this arc. It looked gorgeous. I really did get into the story. I think uh, I liked little vignettes that we've been doing, but this this is really interesting. I like this one a lot. Yeah, this Barcelona vampire story is really, really interesting. I really like the shade. I thought like the the flashback to the uh, vampire pirates was awesome. That was um, that was when the issue really opened up for me. Yeah. I'll be, I, there was a lot of explaining before that. Yeah, there were there. Were, I will give a, and that's as that Robinson will do this from time to time. There was a double page spread that was a very Marcos Martin kind of uh, layout with the the green room, the green uh, t- toned room where the dude is in yeah. the hospital, and there was just a lot of words on those two pages. And yeah. also, and this is this isn't. It was a little hard to know which way you were supposed to go. Yes. Yeah. Uh, actually, I did. I thought there were a couple of little storytelling problems with this that were. You know, I enjoyed the issue, but uh, on the first, uh, after the second and third pages, when you turn it, um, it's basically a two-page kind of spread, and and it's a little hard to tell where you're supposed to go. Yeah. Uh, you're supposed to go, I guess, to the far right of the of the second page to read the next word balloon and then back over, but your eye automatically goes to that middle level where those letters are. So that's. Yeah. yeah that, that, that someone was, should have caught that. That was challenging. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's just that's 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 some technical stuff. Justice League number six, it's over. Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> uh, in a larger sense, for me, yeah. uh, <laughs> so is you, what I'm saying. Are you done? Are you dropping? I finished the. I was like, I'm gonna read this and go. I'll give it one more time. And I just, I, we we talked about before. I just, I don't get Jim Lee. Yeah. And maybe this isn't him at his best. But I just didn't like. What do you mean this. Jim Lee and Al- and um, and Scott Williams and Sandra Hope and Bot and Mark Irwin? You mean? That, well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, it, like, if this is what you're gonna get, it's fine. But there was, I don't know, just like two big two page splashes, and I was like, no, nothing's happening. My problem, like, my problem was was less about the art and just like I, I mean, I get that they beat Dark Side and stuff like that, but I just actually I felt the story fell short. Oh, and it, it was all it's all related to that. This, if the story like. 
the the dialogue's kind of fun and it's and it's crackling and I and I I kind of like the tone of it and that's kind of cool. But but it just it just like I don't know. This just started. Yeah. You know, and however many issues ago, this whole dark side thing, and I just I don't know why we're doing it. I don't know what the what the point is, what the stakes are, other than to get these guys all together, which which is kind of fun. Yeah. You know, the stuff where like I I could watch. I'd rather almost watch these guys. Just hang out and work out, you know, things on the, the Super Seven. Like those are all little fun things, but I don't Connor, know. I, Connor, what do you think? I think the, you know, the it's. I think it's kind of, even though they're not saying it. I think it's it's, it's supposed to be more of an all ages book than than they they imply. Yeah. Um, it's certainly written as the introductory book to these characters. I think it's a fun, fast paced book. I don't think it's for everyone. The tone is the tone is certainly unique, but I also think they're trying to get to a point. And if you, you know if you if you trust what John said in our interview with him this week that it's all building up to the next arc, which is to, you know it brings them together here and then it tears them apart in the next arc. Um, after we learn where they've been, you know they've been the past I, five years, I don't know. Do, I mean, do you feel like that maybe we could have accomplished if, if they're really doing it as a as an all ages book? And I, I think that's a fine thing. Wouldn't it wouldn't it have made more sense to do a series of one and done adventures or or, or two issue arcs or something like that just to really get to know them and, and move around a little bit we've been standing in this rubble for, for ages yeah for i still don't i still don't understand why batman took his cowl off no yeah no, I mean, I, yeah and it just i mean i just felt as if there was a lot of i don't know it just it it lacked the it lacked the crackling energy that i would that i was hoping for and maybe maybe it's because i'm old and had, jaded or no, whatever, it had know. a lot of uh cracking energy it didn't yeah. have backgrounds yeah yeah so it's so awful the inkers definitely hurt. Yeah, all the different inkers. So the style changed there's the, wildly. There's that. There's the panel where, or the, I don't know if it's a whole page or a panel where where uh, Wonder Woman cuts him with her sword. Yeah. And this, and the angle of the sword is bent. It's off. Yeah. And like I just, that just looks bad. Like that just that doesn't look good. Yeah, there were a lot of problems. But <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. It's a, it's a lot of problems. And that that just sort of red glow. I'm, I was just sick of looking at it. It's because it, it's been like five six months real time. Yeah. Of this this same scene, right? Yeah, I'm sorry, it's very hard on. I I really I did like the banter. I like the dialogue. Like I want I want to hang out with like this Hal Jordan and and Flash being awkward for a while. I can totally do that, but yeah. like this different approach might be necessary. I've gone on too long. You have, you really have. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm kind of dreading the next book to be honest with you. Yeah, I've, I think I've ruined Spaceman. Spaceman number four for me. Yeah, I, st- I started. I started reading all the dialogue as Jar Jar, <laughs> and, and he did it to me, and it drove me crazy because I like Spaceman. I, uh, Brian Brian Azarel, Eduardo Riso, giving me some great science fiction. Some, I mean, I'm really, I've really got immersed into the world that they're in and, and understanding it, and understanding what's going on. And then Josh comes along, and I don't bring your ideas any better than mine. <laughs> God damn it! He's a thinking you so don't know what's going on. That's not Jar Jar. That's Boss, no, that's Nass. Boss Nass. Well, it's 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 largely Gungan. <laughs> so <laughs> so you're reading book. the Spaceman as Gungans. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. This all of the little the the because I you know I had to work really hard to sort of like the the dialogue. It makes sense. It totally is a is an understandable language, and I get it. Uh, but then I just uh, I just uh, it clicked in my head. I was like, oh, they sound like Jar Jar now. Shit, yep. this book is ruined. <laughs> and as a result, I have no idea what happened in the book. Because <laughs> in my head, I was just like, "Ain't no first or second worth." I don't know. <laughs> oh, you I, son I, of a I, bitch! Listen, I'm thinking. <laughs> 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 Sorry. Oh God. Anyway, 
again. Um, I really quick want to uh, check in on Unwritten 34.5. I hate saying that. Uh, the last point five issue uh, and all the point five issues are sort of um, side tales, uh, origins. And this was the origin of Wilson Taylor, the author of, of the book that's in this basically and how he comes to discover his, his power. Um, just another great issue that took place during a World War I uh, dealing with sort of the – gas warfare and things like that uh but gary erskine uh came on to do art for this and and lee lowridge did colors um which he has for most of them and it just looked wonderful this was a wonderful looking book and 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 most of all i just thought the artist and the colorist really presented something that was really really nice looking cool so really good again basically so when voltron number one came out from dynamite i it, it started me off on a voltron kick Oh. You. I, you don't I'm, want to go on a Voltron kick. And I've, I've been watching the old Voltron cartoons on Netflix, and I, let me just tell you, I love them. I love Do them. they have the whole se- series? Yep. I love them. I love them as much as I did in 1987 when I first saw them, and they're fucking great, and they're genius. Has and, Sven come back yet? I'm sorry? Has Sven come back yet? No, no. he's He hasn't been long. I'm, I'm still I'm way early. They just got the Lions. Oh, um, they, they just formed Voltron for the first time. Um, but uh, In issue three? Well, no, no, no. But so now here we are, you know, three months later, ostensibly three months later, and uh, issue number three from Dynamite comes out. And as I'm reading it after watching after watching the cartoons, I'm just like, man, this is not how you do a Voltron comic. Just get to the fucking lions. Yeah, it's it's a problem in that uh, we talked about issue one, the dual storyline or not even a dual storyline at the time. It was just. The main story was that the, the the Voltron Voltron had been lost, so the Voltron team was scrambling, and and then the backup was the tale of the past and how the Voltrons came to be. Yep. And now that past storyline is sort of taken center stage, and that's actually to me the more interesting story. Whereas, whenever it cuts to the the, the present, quote unquote, and then the Voltron team trying to get to the Voltron rope to the lions, I just like uh, I'm just I just kind of get bored. Yeah, and that's a, and that's a, that's a common mistake I think comics creators and stuff like that do, especially with licensed stuff where they like come with an idea and the delayed gratification and stuff like that. But I'm telling you, I'm hanging by a thread here. I'm so pro Voltron. I saw the cover on the rack at the store and I got so excited. I love those goddamn lions. And I, I'm reading this and just is so much talking. Just like two yeah. people in a room talking. You have a giant robot with a giant sword, and the robot's yeah. made up of lions. Just do that. Use it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So have him cut shit up with his giant sword. Yeah, with his laser sword. Come on, interlocks up. Dynatherm's connected. <laughs> Where does that sword come from? Because it looks like it's solid. He, he puts his hands together and pulls them apart, and there's the sword. There's the sword. That's all you need. That's all you need, need, need to know. Yep. This is not going to be one of those situations where I could be like, explain it to me because you'd be like, shut the fuck up, nerd. And, and, by, and I, I did tweet it earlier, but I was on the treadmill at the gym watching it. And when that music kicks in, I'm just like, wow, this is it's, it's, I have, it's I have no idea what that song is. <laughs> I can't even picture it. So but what's great is that it's not so much I've that show in 15 or 20 years it's not so much the fanfare go watch go watch an episode on Netflix. hey who it, should be the villain in this episode what about that prince guy <laughs> that's a good one okay let's talk about the next episode not even who so should be the, the villain in this one it's not even so much the fanfare but it's the 80s when the music goes quiet goes doon 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 like it's just like it's so it's fucking great music that was a great cartoon 
Because it was it was episodic, and as a kid, you re- you ran home to get the next chapter because you know it was it was one big like epic story. Yeah. I remember running from school to watch Ultron. Fantastic! So excited so for it. Good. Seriously, Connor, go back and watch the Netflix. It's, it's as good as it was when we were kids. I'm already it, going through Netflix right now. It as we're totally talking. holds up. Uh, speaking of cartoons, Batman Beyond Unlimited number one came out, and this is the print version of the digital comic that DC is putting out. They're experimenting with formats, and I give them the credit of putting out uh, these stories as small chapters weekly on their app and then collecting them as paper, in paper books. I think that's just – it's a nice experiment. I think it's good that companies are trying different things. Um, so this is a 48-page issue inclu- including two stories. The first one is just regular Batman Beyond. The second one is the Justice League Beyond with Justice League Unlimited, the future of Justice League team. The first arc is drawn by Norm Brayfogle. The second one by Dustin Gwynn. And if you're going to bring back 90s creators, might as well bring back good ones like Ray Fogel. So it's good to see he's getting some work. Um, and it looks great. It's a fun story. I, I was never a big fan of the cartoon. But if you if you were, you'd probably love it. And I, I think it's just it's a lot of fun just to see, you know, these sort of alternate versions of the character, the future versions of the characters. And just it's, it's a good time. I saw the ad for this and I'm like, oh, that's a book for Connor. That's yeah, so, I, mean, I didn't watch the. I actually didn't watch the cartoon, so I'm not like a big fan. No, but fan. I saw Bray Fogel. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Bray Fogel was like your Hawkeye. What's cool? Yeah, exactly. What's cool is that he, you know, no. he draws old Bruce in the story, but he draws him to look like the Bruce he used to draw before. So it's you know, it sort of makes you know, he didn't, he hasn't lost his uh, his touch. Awesome. It's nice. Cool. So those, it's nice. Does it's a nice. So those are the books that we uh, that we thought were worth discussing. Um, but so many more other comics came out this week. You can go to ifanboy.com/comics and you can see the whole list of comics that ship every week. And then you can go make your pull list and come back and rate and review and then identify what is your pick of the week. And the top five picks of the week across the ifanboy community are thus: number five, the shade number five, coming in at ten point four percent of the pick of the week's dispersions um, at the time of recording. Um, Is so, that a word? Nope. Number four, Scalp number 56 gets 13.1% of the pick of the weeks. Um, number three, my pick of the week, uh, Invincible number 89 gets 16.2%. Uh, coming in at a surprising number two, Orc Stain number seven with 22% of the pick of the weeks, which is awesome. Um, and then finally, number one, a little less awesome, uh, Justice League number six, uh, 24.3% of you made it your pick of the week. I don't know why. You know that the kids the kids are enjoying their Justice League, and I, I, there's something good. But you want the yeah. you want the kids to be enjoying their Justice League. But as I said, when looking at the Dirty Magazine, that's a nice spread. Nice. You know, it's all out there. All right, reviews. Andrew Gabore of The Walking Dead number ninety four gave the story a four out of five, and the art of four out of five, and the pick of the week percentage is one point seven percent. Kirkman really turns out some quality character moments in this month's Walking Dead. Seeing how cold Carl is talking, even in passing, seeing Andrea dress down Rick for getting some insight into Jesus and his capabilities makes me excited for the next issue. If I had one complaint, it would be the continued pacing problems. All the content was great, but it felt like it could have been done in 12 pages instead of 22. While this arc, A Larger World, is progressing better than the previous few issues, I still feel like numbers 93 and 4 could have been combined. This is an old complaint when it comes to Walking Dead, but it still remains overall, though, a good addition. I'm starting to get the TV show mixed up with the with the comic. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm like, wait, what happened in this one before? Are they are they the dude's house forever? Or or, or what? There, there were, oh, that reminds me that we didn't talk about it. Amazing Spider-Man. There was a there was a Walking Dead reference joke because uh, Johnny Storm was trying to catch up on TV while he was dead, and Spider-Man catches him up quickly and goes, you know, these people won the Super Bowl, this one some reality show, and they're still at Herschel's farm. I thought that was funny. <laughs> oh, look, Shannon and Rick are arguing. <laughs> okay. Um, I think the show's great. 
our, our, the show's great, yeah. Our next review comes from Handsome Ransom, who reviewed uh, Venom number 13.4, and the story got a 5 out of 5, and the art of 5 out of 5, and 0.3% made it your pick of the week. And here's some excerpts from Handsome Ransom's much longer review, and he says, This is how you write a damn fun, com- damn fun comic book. Rick Remender's brought it home with issue number 13.4. All the characters have an important part to play, including ones that have been in the background thus far, like Doctor Strange and Damon Hellstrom. Remender gives these characters enough time in the spotlight that they don't feel tacked on, but not so much as to bore us. As always, though, the spotlight is on the unlikely team of Venom, Red Hulk, X-23, and the new Ghost Rider, Alejandra. Again, somehow, all these characters mesh. Well, call it the magic of storytelling. But nobody has a, th- nobody has a thin reason to be in this arc. It truly is a sprawling event that always goes to extremes without ever feeling like it's trying too hard. Land Medina's art is on point, as always. The final page of this issue, I feel no shame in saying, made me giddy. Truly, if you're looking for a comic book that's written by a fan of fun books, for, for a, to a fan of fun books, you owe it to yourself to pick this up. And I gotta admit, there was some chatter in my comic book store from people who were... Um, who were hesitant at the five-week uh, Venom event, and at the end of it were feeling very satisfied. So, I don't know. Did you guys read it? You're big Venom fans. Yeah, I read it. Yeah, it was great. The, it, the ending, the last page, was awesome. How were the middle bits? The middle bits were a little long in the tooth, I'll, I'll be honest. That's the, like, the first issue was great, and then yeah. I saw all those. If, if he'd written all of them, I totally would have yeah, bought it. I wouldn't a, have yeah, complained. Yeah, the, the, the middle two issues, it was a little rough, and Rob, you could, Rob Williams has a slightly different voice, and you picked mm-hmm. up on it. Jeff Parker and Remender, there wasn't real much difference in voice, yeah. um, and maybe it's a British thing or not, but, um, but hey, you know. So. What was hey. the final page? Uh, the final page was they all... They all merged into one into one Venom. Ultron. They, yeah, basically a Venom Red Hulk Ghost Rider. Wow. Yeah, it was kind of it was kind of it awesome. Ultron. Yeah, it was kind of awesome. So cool. anyway, oh cool. So go to ifanboy.com slash comics where you can see all the books that came out this week um, and do your pull list and do your ratings and reviews and all that sort of things. And we'd like to thank our sponsor, Fearless Readers Online, because if you're looking for comic books and there's not enough uh, comics on the racks for these week, you might want some older comic books and back issues. Fearless Readers Online is the place to go. They've got Bronze Age, Modern Age, even new overstock comics, only a dollar each. They sell graphic novels for $5 each. And they've got a great discount reading uh, program for Silver Age books at just $5 each as well um, they've got deep discount limited quanti- quantity weekly specials so you definitely want to check them out um, and if you're curious you want to give it a try they have a special deal for iFanboy listeners so get your pen out write this down Connor um, I got it you Great. can email them at iFanboy at fearlessreadersonline.com for $3 off a $10 purchase coupon code all right, just in your email, put coupon request in the subject line, and there's a limit of one coupon request per customer. So um, go get your go get your three dollar off coupon. Go to fearlessreadersonline.com and get some old comics and have some fun with it. I got I like it. Comics. I wrote it down. All right, cool. Thanks. That's good with his quill pen. Yes. Yes. Hello. I was almost out of ink, but I did. Let's uh, let's move along to the emails. Uh, the first one is from Tom. Continuing the trend. I was just reading Fantastic Four number 223, written and drawn by John Byrne in 1981. George David Munson is a prisoner about to be executed, featured on the first two pages. He bears quite a resemblance to writer to Walter Joseph Kovacs as Dave Gibbons drew him about five years later. That's Rorschach. One of the interesting coincidences. Perhaps, probably Gibbons never saw this issue of Fantastic Four, but I wonder how often this happened, where perhaps an artist reads some work and a general pattern locks into, into deep memory to emerge quite innocently into some, innocently into some later work. Uh, that, was, that was rough for you, wasn't it? There was some. There was some. There was there some, some words. Um, this yeah. brings up an interesting thing that if you go back to 1980s comics, I'm pretty sure the redheaded guy with freckles. They all look the same. There was all. There's like four archetypes of faces, right? <laughs> I mean, if like like let's look at Secret Avengers for a moment. <laughs> a bunch of white dudes. 
It's white, white blonde. Dudes blonde dudes. Hair. Yeah. You know, Clint Barton and Steve Rogers. And Brian Braddock. And Brian Braddock under most and Hank Pym yep. under most artists look about the same. Yep. It's it's the costumes that don't. Now now Kovacs, I mean, you you could you could you could trace uh Rorschach back to some sort of Osborne variety. You know, like he's he's got, you know, weird hair. I don't know. I don't know if that's true, but yeah. Anyway. It, it must have happened. But I don't have an answer. I was hoping somebody <laughs> you else spun right out there. <laughs> you really well, did. You were on a roll, and it just you, sat, you got all built up like you had a big point to make, like you were going to drive it home, and we were all well, going to be in awe of it, and then you yeah. just sort of stopped. I'm so used to Ron interrupting me that I just was expecting. I was it. just going to let you go. I, I thought you were going to reveal that Gibbons is a big, huge burn Fantastic Four fan, and there, there was some oh. you read some interview or something. Oh, and... Gibbons, giant hack. Yeah. <laughs> So, oh, I mean, that's what nobody like, knows. No, people they were literally in the in the early eighties, people wouldn't let him watch them draw. <laughs> he was like he was like Robin Williams. Oh, wow. 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 Let's do your research on that joke, folks. Also, completely not true. That's a whole thing I made up. Don't write in because you don't understand dry humor. Yep. But also, um, I don't have nothing else, so I'm just trying to come up with this. I, do, I, I, I literally do think that that there are when when people learn to draw, they there's sort of some archetypes that they that they learn how to draw. They this kind of guy and this kind of guy and this kind of guy, and they're all working off templates that came from artists who were earlier than them. You know, people working off the Kirby template, or or you know, who was then followed by him would be Busima, and they just sort of pick up some of those things. So it makes sense that you would start to see those kind of similarities show up and repeat themselves, especially from guys who have come from the same class as as Byrne and Gibbons do. Gibbons is a little bit behind him but but yeah. you know realistically there's a point yeah no yeah that's a valid point so cool so if you have any questions you can email us at contact that and now on to the voicemails and we hear from an old friend hey this is uh daryl calling into uh listening to other people complain about that mainstream comics don't have characters that have changes and things like that if you read i vampire issue six you will. I, I think that it's it's one book, one mainstream book that actually does have changes and characters actually do things that have consequences. So I would shout that out to people that are looking for something a little different, but you still want to check out a mainstream comic book. And that's it. You know, longtime listeners will recognize that there are other characters who sort of change over time. Yeah. Show growth, and I think that what we've seen from Daryl is is some real growth. <laughs> I miss Real the, diversity. I, I miss the days of him calling us in while he was crossing the street. Do you remember that? On the yeah. damn bus, and I'm <laughs> mad about JSA Widow. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like what you said about elongated man is stupid. <laughs> oh man. But um, uh, I don't read Vampire. I dropped I Vampire, and those changes might have to possibly are those changes coming along the same time as creative as writer changes. <laughs> Because oh. that might be your source of real change is that editorials and change things. <laughs> well, I mean, think about it. You are talking about a book that, that you know, is, is not the best-selling book in the world. People who read it like it, and that's the one that's bucking the trend. The ones that are, are sort of giving the people what they expect yeah. over and over again are the ones that, that sell. Because, I don't know, I, I really think that a lot of superhero readers want to have that continuity of – Things they are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I dropped. This is the episode we drop things. <laughs> I drop. Watch out for your Tie Fighter, Josh. Play up and think. I have a I have a Thor's hammer um, keychain, and I, I was playing with I'm it. Way more worried about the Lego blockade runner that's up there now. 
Anyway, um, but yeah, so okay, so if you're looking for books to change, look look to iVampire then. All right. Um, our next voicemails uh, got a question about Jonathan Hickman. Hey guys, Ben from Brooklyn here. Love the podcast. Um, I never read Fantastic Four until recently with uh, the big fat issue 600, I think it was. I started then and I've been hooked um, since then. Uh, I'm loving the Jonathan Hickman writing style, space opera aspect of it. It's great. So I'm wondering, uh, since I just started with 600, which uh, old trades would you recommend uh, if I'm digging on the uh, Hickman Fantastic Four stuff? I know they've released a lot of his work in trades. Thank you. Well, the good news is if you like Fantastic Four by Hickman, you know, Marvel's always been very good about collecting stuff pretty rapidly. So there's four volumes out. um, And Hickman's been writing writing the book for two and a half years, so there's lots of books, you know, prior to 600. They've got trade releases up until, I believe, uh, 588. Yeah. So there's four volumes out right now. Plus there's two volumes of FF. Yeah, yeah, so and there's more coming out in the next couple of weeks. So there's lots of trades. Hickman, Fantastic Four by Hickman, Volume One, Volume Two, Volume Three, Volume Four will take you to all the stuff you haven't read yet. And then if you're if you're digging on Hickman himself, his wife might have a problem with that. No, um, if, <laughs> if you like his work, um, you want to stay in the Marvel area, you could check out uh, the first Shield one, which is which is a little more out there than Fantastic Four. Or you might want to check out um, what he did with Ultimate Thor. Um, Ultimate Hawkeye, and then also he the um, Ultimates, the, the, his first volume of the Ultimates, which is and those cool. are all related. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, the Shield one for sure is, is tied in a little bit to the Fantastic Four. Yep, not not yeah, hugely, but all but the all the Ultimate books sort of go together. Though Ultimate Hawkeye was yeah. written in mind with you know that it was going to play in. So, and then and then if you like Hickman, if you want really want to go dive into Hickman, you got to go check out his Image <laughs> comic stuff. Mainly his his first book, The Nightly News, which is still probably one of his best creator own works. Um, works work. Um, no, no, it's one of his best works. works is what I'm one saying. One of his best works, yes. Um, yeah. As well, or the the recently re- uh, released Red Wing trade paperback, and there's a bunch of new stuff coming from Image. Well, keep an eye out for like Manhattan Projects and Secret and um, cool stuff like that. So that's some that's some deep Hickman. Deep Hickman. So. Deep Hickman. If you want to call in uh, and leave your own voicemail, it's 888-FANBOYS, which is 326-2697 uh, with any of your questions. Uh, make sure you keep it kind of brief so we can play it on the show and, and say your name. Tell us who you are. Um, good questions. Let's, uh, let's wrap it up, kids. All right. So if you want to get the scoop on what comic book you absolutely shouldn't miss uh, at the comic book store, listen to iFanboy Don't Miss. comes out every, usually every Monday. Um, you can get it on iFanboy.com as well as uh, on iTunes this week. Um, I'm talking to writer Joe Keating about Hell Yeah number 1. Hell Yeah! Which is uh, the the big number one release uh, from Image Comics this week? Did you see the ash cans he was selling at Image Expo are on eBay now for like fifty bucks each? That's just Joe. I don't know. It's it's other people. I saw people buying them. It was crazy. So uh, definitely check out Hell Yeah um, number one. Listen to us talk about it on iFanboy. Don't miss. Cool. You can also listen to the Make Comics podcast that comes out on Wednesday Wednesday morning. If you if you have any inkling about the the art of making comics, uh, the the process, even even if you don't want to do it yourself, but if you do, uh, I talk with uh, Andy Schmidt, former editor from Marvel and IDW, and he he runs uh, the Comics Experience uh, School for Comics. I don't know if he calls it that, but he should because it sounds like the X Men. Um, and we we talk about we'll pick out uh, something something about the craft of making comics, writing, drawing, uh, what have you. This last week we talked about um, what should be in your portfolio as an artist and, and what sort of things you should look out for. It was uh, really interesting. Um, Did just, you mention art? Yeah, it was a paper. Okay. Uh, Actual uh, work ink. to show. Ink. Uh, sequential pages. Portfolio. Yeah, things like that. It's but you, nice you can check that out. We have, uh, we have lots more coming up. They seem to be getting longer, which, which you know, probably is good for you. Producer <laughs> discipline, Josh. Yeah, I know. 
he talks and talks that guy because he knows a lot of things. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> Justice League Doom is the 13th release from the Just DC Universe animated original film series. And we talked about it on the on a special edition podcast, which you can find behind this one on the feed or on fanboy.com. It was me and Paul Montgomery and Chris Neesman from Round Comics and Ryan Haupt. Uh, we got together and talked about the latest uh, film, which is what we do when they come out. So that was, that was fun. Go check it out. Plus, we talked about Dwayne McDuffie a lot. It was a longer show because we talked about that for a while. But And you can go to ifanboy.com. You can read Ron's Pick of the Week review and all the other uh, uh, comic book discussion that we've had going on there and the, the fun bits and bobs and everything. Uh, you can go to ifanboy.com slash about to see everything about us, places on the social network, and, and all those kind of links. Uh, and you can follow us at twitter.com slash ifanboy and facebook.com slash ifanboy and about that video. So yeah, so we were at Image Comic Expo and we talked to Robert Kirkman. That uh, that video episode came out this past Wednesday, and you could you caught that in your feed. And if you're on the website, you might have caught that in the um, might have caught my interview with Jonathan Hickman on last Thursday. And we've got some other video going on. Um, and so many of you are probably heralding and and being excited about the return of the video show, which is great. We're we're glad you're excited back about it. And we just want to kind of clarify that the video not show not so fast, slick. It is back, sorta, not totally in the way it was before. Basically, um, just to update on the video show, due to circumstances, you know, professionally, personally, you know, the way we manage our time and all stuff like that, our weekly discussion video format every Wednesday show is currently not planning on coming back. Um, and, you know, we're cool with that, right? Yeah. Well, if, if you want to think about it in terms of a lot of stuff done, we did a lot of stuff. Yeah, we did over 200 episodes of the, of that show, of that format. Like, did, we did 240 some odd episodes of it. Um, and you know, honestly, we were we're looking for some change. We want to change it up how we do it. So we're figuring out how we want to proceed with video. We may try some new things. We may experiment. We may actually ask you guys for your feedback to help us to figure out what you want to see. Um, there may be some form of a regular video show back eventually, but right now we've got some great interviews from Image Expo that we hope you enjoy. We may cover some of the other cons coming up with some more interviews. We'll make video when we can, and we'll put it out there, and hopefully you'll enjoy it, and then everything will be happy. So stay tuned. Um, and I know some of you probably want a weekly every Wednesday fix, and maybe someday you'll get that. Let's you know, keep crushing your fingers. So, but you know, but in the meantime, we're still we're still we're talking to you right now. We're not going exactly. away. You know, you're still going to get your content, and uh, it's still free. Exactly. So there you go. Um, but thank you for all the interest and support and everything. Yeah, it was like great said, to see. It was great to see so many people um, uh, excited by it. That's awesome. So. We're 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 way too vain to disappear completely. Yeah. Um, although I, we can get fat now, so that's awesome. <laughs> oh, oh, now we can? Well, <laughs> maybe I'm being a little retroactive. Yeah. So email us at contact at ifanboy.com or leave us a voicemail at 888-FANBOY-326-2697 with discussion questions for the show. Keep it short. Run 30 seconds. Tell us where you're from in both the email and the voicemail. We'd like to know who you are and where you're writing from or calling from. Yeah. And if you dig what we do, please go to iTunes and write a review for this podcast as well as the iFanboy Don't Miss podcast. Let people know what you think of it. Give it that five stars. Um, it's great to maintain our position in iTunes because it helps people discover new podcasts and get recommendations as well as tell your friends, tell your comic book store, go to a Comic-Con, tell people about it. Tell Help spread the word about iFanboy. You guys are our biggest help in terms of marketing, and we thank you for it, and please keep it up. Um, everything is going great. We want to keep it going great, so we need you to do that, so thank you. Um, Cool. All right. Well, um, that said, I've got a lot more video to edit, so I should get back to that. So, <laughs> so until next week, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. And I'm Josh. Sorry for what I said about the Justice League.